You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into a Memorial Day edition of the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner. I'm a little more casual if you're watching on the YouTube page. Got my Ultimate Warrior shirt on. Just came in from the pool outside with the little kids. It's just a little inflatable uh, pool that we put out there, Joey. But uh, getting a little suntan, got the sunscreen on me. And uh, you're doing adult things during your Memorial Day weekend. I mean, if you call almost napping on the couch while I catch up on a week's worth of shows that I missed, uh, adulting, yes, I, I have thrown a quarter zip uh, jacket on, which I guess in this podcast constitutes as overdressed. Yes. I, I do, you know, we, we had a little event with some friends on, and they have a, some, some sort of possum issue in their backyard. So our teams, we, we kind of leaned into that. So I have a shirt of a possum and a raccoon driving a car that says, live fast, eat trash. So that, that'll be a fun one to debut. I should have debuted it here. It'll be a fun one. Maybe I'll debut it at like a media event or something just to see just to see what lands there. We are, as Lance Tay would say, professionals. Uh, we like to think so. All right, Joey, this is going to be all about Illinois football recruiting, which they just landed another commitment. Zachary Amland, the three-star offensive lineman out of New Jersey, the Hun School, which has been a popular stop uh, and a, a popular school for Illinois, uh, as they've landed three players, one walk-on, uh, walk-on kicker, Will McManus, along with Amlin and uh Tight end Owen Anderson, who's a really good get over Michigan State in the last class. So we'll talk about him, but we also want to talk a lot about this huge recruiting month coming up. But Illinois, let's reset here to start off this podcast, Joey, with I am went on board. You now have four commitments in the class of 2022 or 2023, excuse me. I think you'd like to have more. I think they thought they might have more, but they are in a pretty good spot for a couple other prospects. Yet there are some concerns that are starting to accrue, especially with some targets deciding to go uh, to some other Big Ten classes. I think this is a solid foundation. I think you got to love having a four-star headliner in Caden Fagan, a running back who was considering Iowa, Notre Dame, had Miami offers, offers from a bunch of really, really good programs. Programs. Antoine Hayden is the kind of in-state guy you want to get in early on, close quickly, really good athlete out of East St. Louis. You start getting in there again. Uh, and then TJ McMillan, we talked about it last week. What a great get that is. In-state offensive lineman from the suburbs, top 20 prospect. Uh, it's great to see Illinois landing more of those. So that's a really good start in-state. And now you add uh, Amlin to it. Uh, great start in uh, on the offensive line in this class for Bart Miller, for Brett Bielma, Tab McMillan and Amlin on board. So if you're for the positives, I, I think that's a solid start to the class. Um, maybe not the greatest start. They're currently, what, 10th, 11th in the Big Ten, around 50 uh, in the country. So it's not terrible, in my opinion, but also uh, there's some other things you probably want to add to it. So what, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think Fagan, obviously, right, you, you do have the headliner. I know that's what people felt like they they missed a little bit. Not, not in the building, but fans, you know, people who kind of look at this uh, maybe felt like that was missed a little bit. So you get him. And Jeremy, there's a reason, and I know the, the context of it, and we've had this discussion a thousand times, 
there's a reason Brett Bielema kind of expressed some concern last season that got everyone all riled up about the offensive line because they needed bodies there. They needed long-term solutions. They needed, in some cases, like short and medium-term solutions. You see them do that. Now you get two offensive linemen in this class. There's probably, you know, Jeremy, you would think maybe one more, uh, maybe two if, if the situation was right, but one really makes sense. Uh, so, so you start to address that, and two of the four, this feels very Bielma, right? Two of the four early on are, are offensive linemen. Of course, the other ones are running back. That's super Bielma um, going on there. But you, you like to start, I think, you know, with uh, coming up to a huge first weekend here, of official visits so i i think you would uh, maybe me would, would like to see them have one more going into that where you can kind of have if all four of those guys are on campus you can have those four do a little bit like they did last year and kind of kind of swarm the non-committed and really have pitches coming from from coaches from parents from and maybe bring sean miller's mom up <laughs> if you can do that she, she's an outstanding recruiter but, but really you, you want it to kind of come from everywhere on those non-recruited guys and you know four is still a fine number but if you can get five you know is there time i guess between now and friday to get one more you, you would think there could be but that, that you know it's a good foundation it's exactly right yeah 11th in the big 10 currently and these rankings don't mean much especially with the transfer portal and all of that but it, it's a decent guide of of where you are compared to other programs right now uh 44th in the country i i've said it my expectations for brett bielma coming in here and recruiting weren't um maybe to what shiano has done at Rutgers, and, and i know some illinois fans say why can't we have that i just i looked at bielma's history in the Big Ten, and a lot of his Wisconsin classes, even when they were winning, were 30 through 50. And then he develops those guys extremely well, and it's a developmental program where those guys make a bigger impact. That's just been his model. So I first class, second class, kind of on, on par for what I thought. And, and to get a four-star early on in Caden Fagan, I still think is, is really, really big. Now, you're probably not there's probably not a ton of buzz outside the hardcore Illinois football fan though, because you don't have that other maybe headliner quite yet. Right? Like I think that's what this month is going to be really important. Can you land Malik Elsey, the four-star wide receiver out of Chicago, Simeon, that you've done a great job recruiting. Can you close on Jair Hill, four-star defensive back out of Kankakee, who's now one of the top prospects in the Midwest when you got Oklahoma and Oregon offering recently. Michigan wants him really bad. Uh, Cincinnati, Missouri, a lot of those programs. Minnesota really, really wants Jair Hill. Just a, a great prospect. So is Elzey. If you can add one of those, no matter who else they add, Joey, in this month, I think you're feeling great about where Illinois stands because you're elevating, you're raising the bar when last year you didn't have a four-star prospect. So I thought the next step on their in-state, they're starting to take. They got three of the top 20 prospects in the state. There's also misses. And I think we're also finding out over the last couple months, hey, Illinois has got to win some more games to make it easier to land some of the top 10 prospects. But they've done a great job of getting in with Malik Elzey, with Jair Hill. Can you close? Can you close? I, I thought the biggest concern of the last month was you did a heck of a job recruiting Roderick Pearson. We'll get to defensive line recruiting, but Wisconsin comes in with a late offer and Illinois just couldn't close. And then all of a sudden, I can't blame Roderick Pierce, a defender at Wisconsin playing for Jim Leonard, a program that's d developed so many great defensive linemen, so many great defenders. I can't blame Roderick Pierce, but that's still the hurdle 
when you go five and seven instead of maybe seven and five uh, uh, for Illinois football is getting over that hump with some of those guys. They're able to do it with Fagan. They're able to do it with McMillan. We'll see if they can do it with a couple more of those instators this month. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us kind of recognize this wasn't going to happen overnight. Uh, you still are battling for most of these kids' lives. Illinois football has had what is this, 17 years old two or three good years in total maybe i'm missing someone's going to tell me i'm missing some that's fine the point being not not sustained success which is what brett's talked a lot about getting to but also just not a lot of even action the pan successes and you have to recruit against that a little bit and you're seeing that there's still an uphill you'll battle a little bit in some of that and you get it if you're the kids right you you understand exactly what you said about roderick pierce and, and that decision and some of these other uh, you know, Northwestern has a pretty good pitch still. I, I Maybe that's not the most popular thing to say out to a how, bunch of Illini fans. How dare you? Um, yeah, because, yes, Northwestern's had two bad years the last three years, right? Pat Fitzgerald has a much better track record. And, oh, two of the last four years, they've won the Big Ten West Championship, played in the Big Ten Championship game. Now, not all that competitive. One of them, I think they were. Um, but, anyway, I'll look that up. But Pat Fitzgerald also is developing a lot of draft picks. It's a great academic sell. I know Illinois is too, but Northwestern has a good sell. Minnesota has had a good sell here recently. Illinois has got to continue to to up their sell by by winning on the field. I think Bielma and his staff have done a great job developing relationships, Joey, uh, of having some success to sell uh, in their past histories. And now, you know, I think on defense, you got them some things to sell. Uh, offensively, I think you have something to sell to offensive linemen and running backs, um, but you got you to win games you got to develop a lot of draft picks and you know fifth sixth seventh round guys might not appeal as much as you know the kirby josephs of the world i think you got to get more of those guys in your program yeah jeremy it takes time i mean you saw the the step forward they had in year one under brett bielma and, and you saw that in the recruiting trail too obviously i mean the, you can some the rankings weren't you know outrageously higher than they had been previously but you felt like you saw them win some battles and really really kind of establish a little bit of a foothold in the state and find out who they are brett bielma said something really interesting to me last week uh was it last week yeah last week that you know they he, he's proud of what they've done in the state because they said they were going to do it and they backed it up and he said you know you can almost feel like they're, they're making headway because now it's if you're late it's well where where have you guys been where like this, so the expectation exists that they'll be there, and I think that matters. And you you get a lot of good graces in, in yeah. the football coaching community, and it's a pretty tight community, even though there's 250 or whatever the case may be schools in the state. It's a tight knit community, man. They, they for high school football coaches outside of some crazy, stupid rivalries over a game like 20 years ago. I'll, I'll talk, man. They all get along with each other. Like the, the word spreads fast, and and to your point about creating buzz like yeah you're right maybe this isn't like nationally this huge you know four commits hasn't really turned any heads nationally but are you creating buzz in recruiting departments across the big 10 you know what i mean like are, are you kind of pointing out that hey not you might lose but not going to get walked all over yeah. and maybe that's not the case but i think you're starting to get a little bit closer to that i certainly think iowa has felt Illinois. I think Minnesota has felt Illinois. I think those schools came into this state last, you know, under Lovey Smith and found it easier. 
to, to get recruits. So they kept doing it. Um, I think Illinois is feeling Wisconsin right now, right? Like yeah. you can tell that Illinois is feeling Northwestern right now. Like those schools are, are getting better of Illinois, at least for some prospects here. And you're right, Joey, like they don't offer Damon Walters until like early oh, yeah. spring. You're like, wait, what's going on? Or TJ McMillan, they didn't offer until later in the process. Now, one of those went your way still, the other one didn't, but it is different that now you're like, oh, Illinois not involved. What's going on there? Are they slacking now? And it's no, they got their process too. And uh, it worked with McMillan. Uh, it didn't with Walters. Let's talk a little bit about Zachary Amlin. Uh, I, I think a really good get. 10 other Power 5 offers, 6'6", 285 pounds. You turn on his film, Joey, and I think the first thing that stands out, he plays left guard um, at least this year for the Hunt School. I just talked with his coach, Todd Smith, who's you know obviously developed some really good players at the Hunt School. They had a kid who's a four-star, Jacob Allen, that's going to Rutgers. Um, he played tackle last year, so that's why Amlin was on at left guard. He's going to play tackle this next year. But the first thing that stands out to me is his quickness off the ball. Um, at 6'6", 285, he moves extremely well. He's a lean 285 right now so he's got the chance to add I, I think even more strength to him uh, but then this past year his coach told me he kind of challenged him to be a lot more physical and he's got a seven minute highlight video of just pancake blocks now some of those guys of course undersized high school kids but he added that physicality to his game I think he's one of those players you know you've talked about it a lot the versatility I think he can play either tackle or guard at the next level so you get him in your program you develop him and then I think in a couple of years he can be a really good prospect, and I thought um, Orion Easterling made a really good comp, um, at least to a high school prospect. He has a lot of similarities to Alex Pauczewski as a high school prospect. Some things, maybe some some rawness in certain areas, pass pro, um, needs to add some strength, but at that, that frame, the way he moves, the way he finishes blocks, uh, kind of has some Pauczewski to him. Yeah, that's, that's a good comp, and if it's one that plays out similarly – to Alex Valcheski, I mean that's a huge, that's a good, good win. It's good. Alex Valcheski's been good to Illinois for a lot of years, man. He's got a chance to play in the NFL. Those. Like I, I think when healthy, I thought two, three years ago, I thought he's the best offensive line prospect on the on the Illini. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a good, good comp. And, and look, you got to understand too. There's always going to be some. I mean, always rawness with every high school kid, but especially when you're. You're, I mean, you're not getting the five stars have less rawness, right? I mean, you know, and that, that's Brett Bielema believes and Bart Miller believes in their ability to coach. And now you look at guys who, who can play a little bit more of that tackle. You know, maybe, maybe that's – you know, last year it felt like they loaded up and they, they really did a nice job getting some interior help. I know Hunter Whitenecks probably got some versatility and obviously uh, big big mag, mag mountains, excuse me. Big Mountain Smaller looks like a tackle to everybody with eyes. So, I mean, that you start getting a little bit more of that outside, Jeremy, and, and that's the big deal. And, and again, they're hitting what was, when Brett Bielma walked in the door, probably their thinnest position group in terms of long-term help. And, and now you've seen, you know, they got five, right, five high school prospects in 22, two JUCOs. They've got a, a grad transfer in Dylan Davis they've not discuss, been able to discuss yet. And now you see them getting two more. Like, that is a makeover. That, that is a makeover of an offensive line room. And, you know, of course they're not going to be ready. Speaking of Alex Balcheski, probably wasn't ready to play as a 17, 18-year-old. <laughs> what, a 275-pound no, okay. guard as a 17, 18-year-old? 
you shouldn't be ready at that stage, right? So, but the long termness is there, and obviously, long term, he's been good, and he, they needed to add there, and you're seeing them do that. And yeah. they, they're getting in. Shout out to Andy Boo, man. Yeah, Andy Boo is is he like the mayor of some East Coast city that we're unfamiliar with? This this dude is really, really doing a nice job out east. So you know, I I asked some people about him. Uh, I never did the story on him. I got some good stuff, but I kind of wanted a little bit more. But uh, I talked with with Todd Smith about him, and and Andy said he's been recruiting New Jersey since he was at Kentucky, and then obviously goes to Rutgers, Maryland, and develops relationships there. So uh, he's got good relationship, and he gets them in. Like that's your job as a regional recruiter is to get in, have an in there. He's done that, and then you let the position coach kind of take over the recruitment. And Bart Miller has turned out to be a pretty dang good recruiter. And Brett Bielema has a history that, you know, Todd Smith told me, he goes, when you think big offensive linemen, you think the Big Ten. And Brett Bielema's got pretty dang good history of doing that. And and it continues at Illinois with Darian Lowe and Doug Kramer having uh, a good impact on them. I think those are good prospects regardless. But I I think being under Brett Bielema certainly helped them this past year. Um, So, yeah, I I think Andy Boo's done a great job of – finding an area that Illinois can supplement their in-state and regional efforts, right? Like your home has to be Illinois. And you talked with the coaches this past, we've talked to them. They want to get more into Wisconsin and Minnesota. They want to get more into Ohio, Indiana. They're getting into Michigan a little bit now. And they want to get back into St. Louis and probably do a better job there. And I think Ryan Walters and Corey Patterson certainly are going to be key factors there, but that's, that's their footprint, right? Like even, Brett Bioma, you know, Lovey Smith, Tim Beckman, Ron Zook, whoever is the coach always talks about that that radius around Champaign. But you gotta have your other areas. And Illinois continues to do well in Florida, just like Lovey Smith did. And this staff was gonna go to Florida. Aaron Henry's gonna get DBs out of there. But to have another place that say you don't get Chris Tarek, you know, the number twenty prospect in state that's an offensive lineman in the suburbs. Can you go somewhere else and get somebody? And I think Zachary Amlin uh, is is a similar type prospect, and it's great to be able to have that and go there and, and be able to supplement your regional efforts. Yeah, somewhere you feel comfortable, comfortable knowing that you you have trust. I mean, ultimately, recruiting is trust and relationships, right? And, and if you if you've got coaches, players who can kind of back up what you say uh, with ties to a place that I mean, dude, this isn't just like. Oh, they've got a couple. I mean, it's not been like a ten guys from the Hunt School, but it is pretty. <laughs> I mean, like there's enough there. We're like, okay, there's there's a trust of Andy Boo, of Brett Bielema, of Bart Miller, of this coaching staff inside the walls of that school. And just because it's not in the state of Illinois doesn't mean it's any less beneficial to you. It's still a beneficial place, and to know that they believe in what you're selling and how you're going to take care of the guys, that goes a long way. Yeah, you've now added six players from New Jersey. So you got the Jersey boys thing going here. And three quarterbacks, right? Like almost all of the scholarship quarterbacks are going to be from New Jersey with Tommy DeVito, Art Sikowski, uh, and Donovan Leary. So I think it's a good thing. Jersey has good football. Uh, they, they have really good football in that state. And obviously Rutgers has done well there under Shiano. But if you can steal a couple of those guys, I think that's a, that's a really good thing. All right, we'll talk a little bit about the official visits here coming up, Joey. But let's talk about some of the concerns I think quarterback is one of those because Illinois gets a late start after another offensive coordinator change. Who are they going to get a quarterback? I'm not sure. I don't I don't know who that top target is going to be. Are they going to be able to add a quarterback? Or are they going to look towards the transfer portal? And number two is I'm very concerned about defensive line recruiting. 
and, and this is now a third year. I'm very concerned about defensive line recruiting because two years ago they signed Sidarius McConnell in that weird limbo class. And, and I think he can be a, a rotation player maybe this year, but more likely in the future. Uh, last year, you got two commitments from defensive linemen. You lost both of them. Terrell Jones ends up at Virginia. Brian Allen ends up at Iowa. And you don't sign any defensive linemen. Now, you've added transfers, including T. Rod Edwards, who's got four years of, of eligibility left. But that's that's an area they have not been recruiting very well. And now Tyler Gant goes to Northwestern. Roderick Pierce uh, goes to Wisconsin. You know, Dante Barone's got a Rutgers offer, and, and I think that in-state offer, he's from the Hun School as well. I think that, that, that could be dangerous for Illinois. And then Jamel Howard, Jamal Howard out of uh, Chicago Marist. Marist has been tough for Illinois to crack, but Wisconsin has made a huge impression on him as well. And I, I think Wisconsin's definitely the leader because they have an official visit. Illinois is not gotten that official visit date set up quite yet so um that's an area i'm really really concerned about because yes you can go to the transfer portal at some point but you want to win these recruitments joey and you know not being able to land these is starting to become a trend yeah it is and i've always and i've been meaning to ask brett bielma about this uh but i always feel like defensive line and quarterback and this isn't just this might sound like an excuse and i sure don't mean for it to be but those are hard positions to recruit to well you see it jeremy i mean d lineman a defensive lineman starts to blow up and like they blow up fast because there's just not a lot of really good really productive go for it jamarian harkless illinois offers and all of a sudden georgia lsu auburn michigan offer now he's a great prospect i don't know how he went under the radar that long but that was a great job by Illinois finding him. They're supposed to get an official visit, but it's probably going to be pretty tough to get him. Yeah, that's some competition. And it's just, it's a very, it feels, and I, I need to do more research. It's a summer project, Jeremy. <laughs> but, like, it just feels like a really difficult position to to recruit, period. And, and Illinois has struggled with it. And I'm not trying to let him off the hook for it because you were, and you did a good job with, with Roderick Pierce. And you, you didn't get him and you you've done good jobs in other spots and and you didn't get them and that, those are tough losses i mean just point blank it's it's tough when you are now in may uh, coming into your official visit weekend of your second year and, and you don't have one high school defensive lineman you've signed that's tough man i mean that you've had you know brian allen was committed decommitted they've had a one uh, i've drawn a blank on the other throw jones uh, yeah. yeah but you got to get them signed, man. You got to close on some of these. Yeah, and, and the Noah Matthews one kind of stunk for them because this year it wouldn't have been an issue because you had to try right. and blue shirt him, get him for an official visit. Illinois offered this kid out of Delaware. Looks great under the radar. Uh, and then Kentucky swoops in. They didn't have to blue shirt him, had official visit, uh, and were able to, to steal a commitment away from him at the, at the very last minute. So they've had some tough breaks there for sure. I mean, Brian Allen with the – the waiver uh, he got to be able to go to Iowa because Iowa's one of their recruiting staffers was his high school coach. And one of the reasons he picked Illinois was he wasn't able to go to Iowa. Well, a couple months later, he was able to go to Iowa. So that ended up being the, the bad break for Illinois there. But yeah, I mean, Terrence Jameson and that staff got to do better. They got to find a way to close uh, on some of these defensive linemen. It's why, you know, if you can get Harkless on campus, man, you got to make the most of it. Um, and, and if he's, He's told me last week he's still visiting Illinois. I think that's a good sign for Illinois. He's also going to visit Louisville. So maybe 
some of these other huge schools aren't, aren't going to get them on, but you got to take advantage of that. I, I think momentum is huge this month, Joey. Um, Mason Murrigan out of Michigan is visiting this month. Uh, so to close on him would be a good start, but you just, you got to have some really good players here, some talent to develop because if Keith Randolph or Johnny Newton goes to the pros after this year and you're going to lose Calvin Avery and you're going to lose uh, some other players on the defensive line, like what's your defensive line going to look like in 2024? That's what we're talking about here. It's not about 22 and maybe not even 23. It's about what's your defensive line look like in two or three years. You look at the scholarship chart and it's, there's not a lot of underclassmen here. No, and you're kind of buoyed a little, saved a little bit by the fact that T. Rye Edwards still has, is it three years, Jeremy? Am I four. remembering four years of eligibility left like that? Imagine if that wasn't the case, you know? I mean, that, and we don't know how good he's going to be, but he's there. I mean, yeah, and I, I don't mean to knock him. We just haven't seen the, the consistent, you know, we just haven't seen it. It'll be a big year for him to be able to show what he can do. But yeah, man, you're exactly right. And, you hope this isn't a problem for 2023 if you're Illinois. I mean, the good news is if it's a problem, you got two young men paid in the NFL, um, and that's very good news, and it's, it's going to help recruiting, But you would think. But, yeah, on the field, if it's a problem in 2023, you're going to have to go Portland, you would think, and, and they're probably going to have to anyway just as, as defensive linemen, similar to offensive linemen, take a little time to ready themselves for this because the Big Ten is exactly – there's a reason it's discussed as it is as this big you know run power trench league and it's not ideal for freshmen all the time yeah uh that's the good part too is you can always go portaling <laughs> like nowadays you, you can find a way it's like you know sometimes doing these depth charts and thinking oh what's their defensive line rotation gonna be in 24 and 25 it's like well why are you we even doing that right like we don't know who's gonna be in the portal yeah. and who's not speaking of it's kind of the same way with quarterback right you want to add a high school kid every year, I think, to develop, uh, to add depth, uh, to learn your system and grow in your system. But that's the other concern I got is who's going to be the guy. I, I love the Hank Brown offer, but it certainly seems like he and Trent Dilfer uh, are going to angle for some some other offers. He's from uh, Wheaton, but does he want to come home when he's going to have some other offers? Like Liberty is very involved there, um, and I'm not sure how involved Illinois is. So. Illinois is going to add a transfer next year, I think, for sure, because uh, DeVito will be gone. Sikowski will have another year. And then you're with Samari Collier, Donovan Leary. Uh, obviously, your walk-on, uh, Michaud, will be there as well. And I think he's got a chance to to find a role here. But um, that's another position. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't – it's very – who's going to be the guy? Are they going to get a guy? Or are they just going to rely on the portal? I'm not sure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy – celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. That's probably the biggest question, right? And I know we just went on and on about the defensive line, but the quarterback's the quarterback. And that's probably the biggest question is how does this shake out? And it's probably, you know, if all if things go as well as they hope they do, obviously, right? You didn't recruit Donovan Leary to be a back, career backup or, or whatever the case may be. If things go as well as you hope, and perhaps this isn't, you know, quite the issue that the defensive line is, but you do, Jeremy. You want to get guys every single year one guy every year seems to make a lot of sense and I'm sure Brett Bielma had to weigh that calculus when he made a change at offensive coordinator because that put them that just put him behind put him behind the eight ball and trying to to build out this position we, we saw Barry Lunny was on the road uh, we saw offers come in from the road I don't know how many of those are gonna you know what's that's gonna ultimately look like if it plays into anything um, for them down the line but it might be a transfer deal you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe there's, there's always a late riser somewhere. Uh, the problem is if you're a late rising quarterback, uh, everyone else kind of tends to know about you too. And that's, that's, that's tough. All right. The good news, Joey, is they have about 30 expected official visitors coming this month and, and two big weekends. The first weekend, uh, we'll have more complete lists uh, on the site later this week, uh, but we know the first weekend is going to be big with some of their top priorities. And, and I think, the two we talked about already, um, Malik Elzey's definitely taking an official visit. He's he's talked about that. Uh, Jair Hill is a possibility as well. To me, those are the most two most important guys this month. Uh, can you find a way to come out of this month with one or two of those guys? If you have one, I think you feel great. If you have two, whoa, right? Like that's three top five prospects in the state. I don't know how realistic that is, though, right, with, with those guys' offer lists. I think LOC is really important, though, because the offer list may be not quite as big, and I think you've done a great job. It's just got to find a way to close. And one thing about Illinois right now is you're kind of selling hope at wide receiver and in the passing game, right? So that, that's the one thing. But the relationships with George McDonald, I think Nate McNeil has done a really good job here. So far, we've only heard of two official visits, Illinois and Cincinnati. And I know what Cincinnati did last year. I know what that passing game has done. I know they're going to the Big 12. That's one you want to win if it's a head-to-head battle. But Tennessee, Oregon, some other big-time programs are are in here. But there's urgency with Malik Elsey. Um, getting him uh, and getting him now, I think, is, is pretty important. Yeah, and you are selling hope. But if you're looking at Malik Elsey, you can also sell, like, come on in. We will not waste a lot of time getting you the opportunity to put up numbers in college football and, so, and get yourself some tape because everyone wants to go to the next level. So get yourself some tape for the next level. You can sell a path to pretty darn fast playing time, right? I mean, that that is probably your most attra- one of your more attractive p- pitches to this kid. And, and Barry Lonnie sure better fire up some tape. Of, of, I mean, he's, he's got a nice little wide receiver history uh, in the time he was at UTSA and Hopefully, if you're he Illinois, just showed this Kari Franklin film from UTSA against Illinois, right? Yeah, man, it's but yeah, that, that's a big one, Jeremy, because it's 
that's a position that still needs answered uh, in a lot of ways behind Isaiah Williams and long-term. I mean, Casey Washington's been good. And I, I like what they did in the 22 class with Sean Miller, who I think is going to play as a freshman. Uh, and, and I think he's, he's probably going to play a pretty fair amount um, there. And then you get Hank Beatty, who you and I both believe is, is pretty college polished uh, for a chance to go in and do something. Uh, and then some of the other guys, Ian Pugh, Ash, and Hollins are a little longer term. Malik Elzey, man, he can yeah. come on in, buddy. It's it's time, you know, if you're trying to pitch that. That's a big one, Jeremy, because that's that's also, you know, we talked earlier about buzz and generating that. That'll do it, man. That'll do it. And that'll really carry some momentum uh, for an Illinois program to come out of that. For Not, not to say he's going to commit the first year. That's not fair. But to come out of, of this month of June, if you can come back with him, all right, you know, you're that's a couple four stars now. It's like, oh shoot, what you'll find somebody somewhere is like, wait, shoot, what the heck? Yeah. What's going on there? And that's kind of what you want. Yeah, and I know there's actually been studies of every time a kid goes on another official visit after yours, like the chance of you landing them goes down twenty five percent. So that's why there's some urgency. But Illinois was able to land Aiden Lawfrey, Sean Miller, some other guys last year, uh, even though they took some uh, some other official visits. Sometimes they just want to compare, like Ian Pugh. Uh, did that as well. So um, I think that's a big one. Jire Hill is a big one too. Can you close that one before anyone else has a chance? Um, Because you've done everything at this point. It's just now you got to close for for guys like that. I think two other ones that are important, Joey, more maybe more foundational, not headline grabbing. Uh, Pat Farrell, I I think it's time, right? A three-star kid out of St. Rita that Illinois has done a great job with. They're the only Power 5 offer. Um, it's the only official visit he has planned, and he's visiting this next weekend. I think it's time for Illinois to close, and I, I would imagine it's time for Pat Farrell. Like, if you want Illinois, you might want to act now because otherwise they might have to, to look elsewhere. And then Brandon Henderson, offensive lineman at East St. Louis, uh, hasn't played a lot of high school football, but boy, 6'5", 300 pounds, moves extremely well, uh, just a really high ceiling, probably a guy that's going to take time to develop, but – they could probably close their offensive line class if they're able to get Brandon Henderson to hop on board. You are going against Iowa State, and, and you know Matt Campbell's former O-line coach, Tom Manning, their offense coordinator, is a really good O-line coach. Uh, so you're going head-to-head against them, but you know he visited here a couple times in the spring. I think those are two that I look at and say, you should land those guys. Like, Illinois, you're in position to land those guys. I think it's going to be important to get them on board. Yeah, I agree with that. And in the case of Brandon Henderson, There'd be two East St. Louis guys in this class, and that's obviously a program you want to have a pretty good relationship with. And need need feels like a super strong word, but pretty close to it. You you, you need to be able to to know that East St. Louis is, is a recruitable place and and a winnable place more than anything. So that that would be big on that front as well. But yeah, they could they could shut. Where here we are. We're, we're talking about this on our offensive line commitment day and. If all goes well, if you're Illinois, you hope to shut this thing down by like June, or unless uh, you found a find a Mountis Moeller type guy who who you just don't want to pass on. Uh, but yeah, they could checkbox uh, a position group off, and I think that I would probably feel pretty good if you're Illinois. Yeah, and obviously they got other guys that are scheduled to visit here. I, I think the next weekend they're hosting a lot of officials is that June 17th through the 19th, and it's basically their Florida weekend. There are other prospects that are visiting that weekend. Mason uh, Murrigan out of Michigan is one of those guys. Um, Chris Tarek 
uh, if he doesn't commit to anywhere else before then, is, is scheduled to visit Illinois that weekend. But they have a bunch of Florida DBs. The Ducona brothers, Jason and J- Jonas, who are actually uh, about 350 days apart, uh, but they're in the same class. Zachary Tobe, Jaheim Clark, I think they're sitting rel- really well with. There's, there could be some others, Joey. Uh, that's going to be Aaron Henry's week uh, and Ryan Walter's week to do work. And all these guys are really good prospects. And uh, I think they've done a pretty good job of – evaluating guys and landing guys out of Florida. Yeah, I think you have two two guys who, Jeremy, you and I would consider very strong recruiters um, in Aaron Henry and Ryan Walters. They seem to be guys who can who can close things down, get the job. I know there's been some misses. Damon Walters, obviously, just to, to Northwestern recently. But you have two guys who, who are strong recruiters in this period, and they're both pretty well connected in the state of Florida. So that, that feels like a nice little storm if you're Illinois to have two two guys who are good coaches, good recruiters, and both kind of circle the same general area down there in that state. And then they've got, to be honest, man, that's that's a pretty that's turning into a pretty nice sell for Illinois to come play the defensive back uh, in this. And at least it looked so after the first year with Kirby Joseph. And you, we think there's going to Quan Martin and Sidney Brown are, are probably in line for nice years and they might be able to make some noise for themselves as well. That's a, that pitch is coming along. Devin Witherspoon would be in the same uh, situation there. So that's, that could be a big weekend to, as you start to like yeah. check off position boxes, you might be able to do some work in, uh, on June 17th weekend. Yeah, Joey. So just to reset, I've, this is a class, we probably should have said this early, there's not going to be a 24-person prep class, right? You have 14 seniors that I have on my scholarship chart that you know are going to move on. You probably have some fifth-year juniors that are some all those guys going to come back. I think there's nine of them. Uh, probably not all going to come back. So maybe at the end of the day, this could be a 20-person class when you add transfers and all that. But I, I know Brett Bioma told you, 12 to 15 in this class I think I think 15 is probably right I, I, I think 12 would probably be pretty low and the way I look at that you'd love to add a quarterback we don't know if they will you want to add a couple wide receivers they're really not in on tight ends but they added three last year so you feel fine about that position um, you know defensive lines huge need I think they need at least two but maybe three um, but I feel good about where they're at with DBs uh, they added a linebacker. I think, you know, Farrell, if you can get him on board, you feel good about the edge. D-line and quarterback are my main ones. I, otherwise, I feel pretty good about where they are. Uh, we'll see what happens with wide receiver because if, if you don't yeah. land Elzey or, or Frederick Moore, uh, who's, who's a top recruit as well, then maybe those that position becomes more of a concern. Yeah, I'm with you there. D-line and quarterback. I, wide receiver, there's still – a pretty high ceiling out there for Illinois in the 2023 class. Then you'll have to see which direction they go, how they go about that. Uh, if for some reason one or two or, you know, however that works, don't pan out and, and end up elsewhere. But there's still a lot, lot there. But, yeah, man, I, offensive line was something that I think a year ago at this time, Jeremy, I know they had Joey Oakland, and Hunter Whitenick. I believe Clayton Leonard. Yeah, Clayton Leonard was on board to this point. But even, well, let's say, 14, 15 months ago, right, you know, soon after the staff got hired, you thought, shoot, that is like position need 1A, 1, 2, and 3. I mean, you had to, to fortify that. They did running back. I mean, come on, this is a Brett Bielema system. That's probably going to recruit. You, you won. You won a big one with Fagan. And that, that's a – Josh McCray looks like a, an emerging, you know, 
all Big Ten type of player in, in some capacity. So those two things look pretty good for Illinois, but you got to get the defensive line. Getting Harkless on campus uh, as he still intends to visit, dude, that's a big deal. I mean, that's just a – how's it going to work? I don't know, but you're still in the running, and that's, that's where you need to be going into this big – swoon of official visits so joey let's let's end the podcast with this they have four commitments right now if the number they want to get to we'll go with 15 okay whether it's 14 15 16 we should say 15 prep prospects i think that's important to say in this era yeah good call so 15 prep prospects what number do you think they should get to like that would be a good goal that illinois fans in a month hear this that we say, hey, this is a good number. If they're at this number, you feel pretty good going into the fall. Um, nah, 10? 10, is that? You, you went right, you and I are on the same page. I, my number was 10 originally. If they have nine and you have like LZ as part of that, I feel pretty good about it, right? Like, or if you had Jair Hill as part of that. But I, I think, I think 10 going into training camp would be about where you want to be. Um, because if, if you land an LZ and you get a couple DBs, you, you close on Henderson and Farrell, right? You get a defensive lineman, right? I, I think that would be a goal is to get two DBs, a defensive lineman, wrap up your O-line class, get one of the stars, LZ or Hill, um, and, and wrap up with, you know, some of those guys you talked about, the in-state guys. So I, I think, you know, landing six this month, I think that's realistic, and I think that should be about the expectation. Yeah, and that gives you still some room in the fall to find some people that are even in the state, Jeremy, like it happens where somebody puts a senior year together that you're like, Oh shoot, where this is of note. This is this is something we need to monitor and it gives you a little more time. There's gonna be guys who wanna drag this out too, who who wanna go through and get some everyone's different, obviously. But it's still ten would really I mean, that feels just like you you, – because you built momentum too, right? If you have 10, you got six in a month, and that's some – that is some momentum. And especially if, one, you feel like maybe they're sitting okay with a couple guys, or two, it's one or both of the stars, like the mega stars. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention here is there's always these – satellite camps we didn't even mention this yet that they they go to these mega camps whether it's florida or yeah or st louis and they get they host the on-campus camps which aren't as big of a deal you usually don't get as many big time prospects for those but you always get some guy that emerges ashton hollins right they kept that one under wraps yeah seth coleman a couple years ago we're able to find him like you always get someone who emerges kind of in this june that maybe by the end of the month we're talking about illinois landed and we didn't even know his name quite yet one, one of the guys that you know illinois could potentially land is this terraman lot if they don't end another wide receiver he's a kid out of florida you know that they offered with, with blazing speed that could be a guy that they push for uh by the end of the month he's got an official for for late in the month so that's what's fun about this month it's chaotic there's a lot of pressure to it um for for both sides of this thing uh but it is definitely an exciting month and the month in college football recruiting yeah, it's huge, and I, I did ask, and I'll have something for this tomorrow. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, obviously. I think that's been pretty clear. But I'll have something for this tomorrow, Jeremy, about – and I know you talked with Pat Embleton about it, but Brett Bielma, you know, the stuff they learned from last year in terms of how to – this month of official visits and how how to stagger it, how to, you know, make sure you pull it off in, in the ways that that are the most that, – that resonate the most with the kids on campus. And – you could steal stuff from what you've seen a year ago with what 
if if you get feedback from a prospect or if you see on social media like okay x school did this hey we like that idea oh guess what man somebody might steal this paintballing idea that illinois rolled out last year that's just how this thing works there's, there's not there's a finite number of things and you're going to see people pluck from here and there and I, i'm just interested in how second year of like maybe not that we heard it went like it was like unorganized or anything like that actually we heard the opposite last yeah. year but i just think you get better doing it again and evaluating what did and didn't work do you think paintballing survived the cut I'm, I, I need to – that's like my number one goal this week now is to figure out his paintballing on the docket. Dude, I heard – I think it sounds like people liked it. And also, I remember hearing about, uh, like, Matt Fry's. I think Bart talked about it when he when Matt Fry signed his letter of intent. He's like, dude, this guy was out there. And he was, like, he was a big offensive lineman, right? Like, those are things – like, kind of a weird thing to learn or something that you're obviously intending to be fun. But Are you evaluating offensive linemen while they barrel roll in a paintball match or something like that? Hey, man, if you watch them, uh, sure, do it. I, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just I, – I'm, I'm fascinated to know what that block of time is, if not paintballing. What is it? What, what would – Two things that you think would be, if you have, let's say, 15 kids on campus, whatever the case may be, two things that you think would fit in that block of time that you would do. Well, I can think of things I'd want to do on a college visit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, they probably you know do with I mean? the fellow it's players. Be, it's obviously some sort of like team bonding, whatever you know, whatever the case may be. Oh, you know like, what? Laser tag sounds awesome. Did we just become best friends? Because for two of my birthdays in college, uh, we went laser tagging at Skateland and Champagne. That that that'd be my go-to. The paintball, it's hot outside. Whatever. No man, go play go play a uh, laser tag with a bunch of like twelve-year-olds in there. <laughs> I'm barrel rolling all of that. No, yeah, that that would be that'd be my number one laser tag. Something about That's laser. The number tag. one. You got to find a place for it though. That's where I feel Skateland. like. You can just get vests, right? You can just, like, it's not like, you can just, do, dude, hear me out. Laser tag at the Smith Center. That place is enormous. You've got the roof. Yeah, but you got to, like, lights out, right? Um, right. You could do so much lighting stuff. You could have, like, smoke in there. Your only issue is probably be concerned about, um you know, some lawsuits if somebody gets hurt or somebody getting hurt. Yeah, that'd be a tough one. I mean, how different is that than paintball, though? Somebody's somebody's like under the cold tub and pops their head out and snipes somebody. Yeah, that would be... I would like any royalties if somehow that happens. Just Let's just put that on the table yeah. now. But laser tag would be sweet. I'm fat. Dang, dang it, dude. Now that's like, hey, how'd the visit go? What, By the way, what did you guys do? I have to know. Was it paintball? What did you do? Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing that. Yeah, I would. It would Journalism. be. It'd be laser tag for me. Is there any other like childhood game you'd want on there, like capture the flag or something like that? Could they make like an aggro crag <laughs> and do gut style stuff? What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, like the show. The show guts. What'd you think I was doing? I don't know, dude. Like, like a Legends of the Hidden Temple type thing would be. That's right. Awesome. I mean, dude, here's the thing, too. They have, like, that Papa Shot down there. I could enter, I just, two days ago, entertained myself on Papa Shot for, like, 45 minutes. Yeah, I, got bowl, I didn't even have... Bowling alley. You got a big movie theater in there, right? Do whatever the heck you want. Laser tag. 
Laser tag. This is Big Ten football recruiting in 2022. <laughs> they got some. They got a big budget here. All right, uh, you can send yours in. Comment on the YouTube page. Tweet at us uh, if you got some ideas of what you'd want to do on your official visit. Uh, we we know what a lot of people want to do uh, on official visits, but this has got to be the PG-13 stuff that the coaching staff uh, can do. So uh, you can send those our way. Do we miss anything? I think we covered every angle here, Joey. That's a big month, Jeremy. It, it, it's a really important month because we've seen this month matter to them you know like this is a month that they know they can either they they can really solidify their class in the month of june and and we'll see we'll see how that shakes out good i like the plan i like the plan it's the same thing i i really like getting i know i'm still babbling here but get the recruits the, the committed kids around there like i i really think that they they liked how that turned out last year i think it's a smart plan I think there's no question the organization, the plan, it all makes sense. Sometimes previous staffs didn't make sense. The guys you got coming on campus are guys you want to get on campus and guys Illinois has maybe struggled to get on campus for official visits in the past, right? All that's encouraging. Now it's about closing. It just becomes recruiting, right? It's win recruiting battles, and sometimes that can be tough. You're not going to land all of them. But the staff is starting to win a couple more in state than they, they previously did. That's for, for dang sure. All right, for Joey Wagner, I'm Jeremy Warner. Everybody have a great end to the rest of your Memorial Day weekend. Have a great start to the weekend. Of course, we will have so much on Illinois football recruiting. Derek Piper, Papa Piper, gets away for a weekend, gets on the trail. He's got plenty in the basketball content coming up as well. And we will do more on the podcast with basketball as well as we start to see these rosters in the Big Ten settle in and Man, it's a jumbled mess at the top of the Big Ten, in my opinion. So we'll talk about that later in the week. Thank you for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. Give us a like, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. All of that. It certainly helps us out. Everybody, have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Choir podcast. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.